Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's back, folks. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. It is Big 12 Preview Week, both here on the audio podcast and also on YouTube, where we have several team-specific episodes going up this week, as well as an episode ranking all 10 Big 12 teams. So check those out if you're interested. Today, we are answering six burning questions about the Big 12. I actually just realized that uh, Bill Connolly's previews this year are called burning questions. So whoops. We're first. incorporated in them. Not all the whole thing isn't. <laughs> yeah, I know, but he started. He did his previews first. Uh, but it's he a pretty doesn't generic know who we term. are. Yeah, it is. It's it's common. So just yeah. don't tell Bill. Don't tell Bill about our podcast, please. Yeah. But Ryan, what is our first question? Um, our first question is, and it's always the question I look forward to most: uh, Which non-conference games involving a Big Twelve team are you most looking forward to? Well, this. Uh this question there there's one obvious one that I'm just going to get it out of the way. This is not my my pick, but Alabama at Texas in Austin, you know, it's going to be one of the the nation's favorites just to see kind of what Texas has. They don't need to win, but just kind of see how Quinn Ewers looks and if there's been any progress with the defense. But my the game I'm looking probably most forward to, Baylor at BYU. Week 2, it's at night. It's going to be a tough test for Baylor. Their offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes, goes back to face BYU. And we've talked about how we're excited as a podcast for BYU. It's going to be a tough test for Aranda against Jaron Hall. Want to see what Blake Shapin looks like. So that's my favorite game. Yeah, night game at BYU. You get that crowd boozed up. That is, uh, that's, tough. <laughs> that's tough to go to. Uh, I, Texas Alabama is the one I'm legitimately most looking forward to. So that would have been my answer. You named a good one there. I'll, I'll go Oklahoma at Nebraska as another one in week three. This is OU's first tough game of the season. Last year was, of course, a pretty close game in Norman. So now at Nebraska with a, a ton of turnover on the Oklahoma roster, new coaching staff, should be a close game. It's supposed to be. We'll see. Uh, okay. Well, you guys really took the main three there didn't leave me anything so i appreciate you <laughs> no there's there's still some some decent games um I, i'm not so looking forward to the cyhawk uh, that much this year i don't know yeah you know yes yeah, i always wins and just not that huge of a deal for me so otherwise i mean I, you got texas tech plays a couple of ones that are interesting they got at nc state and they also um host houston but the, the one i'm gonna pick um i'm gonna go with the backyard brawl West Virginia yeah. mm-hmm. at Pitt. It's coming back after being gone for like about a decade. Uh, they haven't played it forever. That's always a game that used to be so much fun to watch. I'm kind of just looking forward to seeing that rivalry getting renewed. And yeah, it's a big game for both teams, of course. And you got JT Daniels against Keaton Slovis, the two former USC yeah, quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> and I think yep, that's yep, the first side Thursday story. night uh, week. That'll be that'll be fun. I think they yeah didn't they say game day is actually going to go there? Oh, that's okay. right. They're going to do a Thursday game day there. That'll be fun. Be fun to watch. Uh, also, I want to bring up TCU at SMU in Week Four because that is the quick return of Sunny Dice. Yeah. Uh, so, oh that yeah, sh- that should be the crowd. I'm sure will have a lot of booze for him. 
Not the not the kind of booze that they have in BYU. Yeah. I mean B O O S. Right now, of course yeah. not. Yeah. All right. Our second burning question. You know, we should have done like uh, we we should have done like a six pack of questions, but I guess we just couldn't get the the Bud mm. Light sponsor this this episode or this previous <laughs> hey. next year. If, next year. Hey. You know what? We've never just straight up asked the audience if anyone wants to sponsor our podcast, but. Hey, would you like to yeah. sponsor our podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody? We're not making any money go. on this. This well, we got a Patreon, which is which is very helpful. Yeah. But this audio podcast, this is for the love of the game. But we yeah. would love the game a little more if you're make a little money with it too. So a little nil stuff, maybe. Yeah, yeah. hit up collegefootballbros <laughs> at gmail.com if you're interested. We're not expensive. <laughs> Anything more than zero dollars, we'll take. <laughs> well, I don't know if I want to commit myself to that, but yeah. <laughs> All right. the The second question here is: Which player is the biggest X factor to his team having a successful season? By the way, I just got to bring this up now that we talked about it. Remember how our podcast used to have commercials at the beginning of it? Oh yeah, yeah. We all thought, oh man, there's got to be money accumulating for us in some account. Nope, nothing. Nothing. Free ads. It was just for free. Oh man, unbelievable. <laughs> A lot That's of, rude. you know, freaking uh, Amco getting some free ads on us. Crazy. <laughs> anyway, biggest X factor. I'm going Hunter Deckers, quarterback for Iowa State. Uh, former four-star recruit, of course, for big shoes to fill with Brock Purdy. A lot of people are hopeful that he could be better. I mean, I know Brock Purdy accomplished a lot in his career, but also had his shortcomings. So wouldn't shock me if he, if he ended up being better. And the reason... I think it's him as Iowa State loses a ton. They're 128th in the country in returning production. Um, but I think there's still a chance they could be pretty good. Defensively, you've got Will McDonald, maybe the second best pass rusher in the country. And John Haycock coaches that side of the ball so well that I really don't worry too much about it. And the offense, even without Brees Hall and Charlie Kohler, actually has an okay group returning around Deckers. The offensive line could be a little bit improved. Their top two wide receivers, Xavier Hutchinson and Jalen Knoll, are back. The running back group is talented. So if Deckers is good, this team doesn't need to experience a big drop-off in wins. Like I feel like we all kind of thought that at the end of last season. Oh, this team's going to fall way back. And in terms of SP Plus ratings, they probably will. But wins and losses, because they lost so many close games last year, they could have the same yeah. record. Like they, they could easily go 7-5 and five this year. And that yeah, would they finish last year? Was it? I think they were seven and six after the bowl game, which they lost the to. Game. They lost to. Um, or wait, Clemson. Clemson. That was last year. I was I was thinking Clemson in my head, but I was like, that feels like longer ago. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hunter Deckers. Yeah. There you go. Hunter Deckers. Yeah. No, that's a good one. Um, I'm gonna go with um, guy we already touched on, JT Daniels, uh, West Virginia's quarterback. Of course, he's coming in from transferring from USC and Georgia. Um, he played in a total of nine games at Georgia, and when he played, he played really well. He had 17 touchdowns and five picks, completed about 70% of his passes, and they did not lose a single game when he played. Not a bad thing. Not going to have the defense here at West Virginia that he had <laughs> at, at, down at Georgia, but still. Uh, but Jared Dagey, uh, the former West Virginia quarterback, he just could never quite break out there. Um, I, I kind of thought he would. I thought he'd do well, but just never really panned out, which is why I think he's moving on and he's going to Western Kentucky himself. Um, Neil Brown usually puts out a pretty good defense. So if JT Daniels can prove to be a big upgrade over Daigie, then 
yeah, West Virginia could be a, a surprise team in that in this conference. Yep. All right, I'm going to go with Quinn Ewers, uh, and I say that now. Watch Hudson Card just ball out in camp and win the <laughs> job. But now, uh, I, you know, I, overall as a team, the the Texas defense is is probably the the biggest X factor. But in terms of a pure player, like I got to go with Ewers. Like the defense, sure could still hold Texas back from bigger prizes. But if if Quinn Ewers ends up having an underwhelming season and not living up to his you know high pro- profile recruiting billing then it could be a tough one for Texas. Like the Longhorns cupboard is pretty loaded on offense. We've touched on it before. You got Bijan Robinson, Xavier, Xavier Worthy, and then they got a bevy of transfers uh, at, at the skill skill position player places. Um, you know, Nair, Milton, Billingsley, to name a few. Like I, I just, the, the pieces are there. And if yours is the real deal and can spread it around to the talent at his disposal, then even with an average defense, Texas could be right there playing for the conference championship. Yeah, I agree. That that offense, I feel like, like Ryan said, and I think in our YouTube episode, it it, it kind of needs to be elite to really accomplish everything yeah. Texas fans want to be, and that, that comes down to Quinn Ewers. Uh, okay, next question. Who is more likely to drop off in 2022, Oklahoma State or Baylor? Yeah, it's a good question based off of their success last year. Um I'm going to say it's Oklahoma State, though, and I'll kind of just focus my answer on that. Maybe you guys touch on Baylor a bit, but, you know, as far as Oklahoma State, the defense really carried them last year and the year before, um, and they just lose so much on that side of the ball. Six of their top eight tacklers are gone, including All-American Malcolm Rodriguez, also Devin Harper there, linebacker. Then in the secondary, you lose just guys like Colby Harbell Peel, Jarek Bernard, Tanner McAllister. All those names that I just mentioned were stalwarts on that defense for at least three years, some of them four. Um, that's just really hard to, really hard to put, replace. And they lose their defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles to Ohio state, who's deserves a lot of credit for what he did down there in Stillwater. Um, to me, there's just no way this defense doesn't take a huge step back. I know the D line will still be pretty solid, but man, you need more than that to be a good defense. Um, and they, they carried Oklahoma state last year. Cause I don't trust Spencer Sanders in that offense. He's been the same quarterback for three years. Um, and I just, He's actually kind of regressed a little bit. His passing gets a little, got a little bit worse statistically. What are you talking about, Ryan? First team All Big Twelve last year. Come on, <laughs> he's not very good, man. I'm <laughs> sorry. Was, sorry, Oakley Stevens. Yeah, that was more a uh, commentary on the the Big Twelve quarterbacks last year than yes. it was his play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't think the offense is going to be able to pick up their shoulder the load uh, from the regression from the defense. So yeah, I just think Baylor has far few far fewer questions in my eyes. So there it is. Yeah, Ryan, you made a, a compelling case for why Baylor will be a pretty good next year off off the air. But but in this question, I'm going to say Baylor's more likely to drop because I think they have a little bit higher variance. Like I just I wouldn't be shocked if they were in the Big Twelve title, but I also wouldn't be shocked if they kind of fell to sixth or seventh. Whereas Oklahoma State, I almost feel they're fairly entrenched, kind of where they are. But but we'll see how that plays out. But one of the reasons I'll say. Uh, Baylor could regress as they were fortunate in close games last year went four and one in those a couple of those could turn to losses this year they're switching quarterbacks to Blake Shapin who I actually kind of like but maybe now uh, with him being the guy he might might not take that that next step and then they look they lost Abram Smith at running back for the top receivers are gone defensively they replaced most of their back half I will admit they have a nasty front seven but uh, maybe the personnel changes and the luck will lead to a drop-off. 
Yeah, I I have a similar answer to Trey. I'm I'm going with Baylor. This was really tough. I don't know. I'm yeah, it was not easy. Kind of indifferent here. They they both lose a good amount of production. Um, but I guess I kind of focused on last year. I just thought, okay, if they're both losing a good amount from from different spots, who was better last year? Who's and I just thought Oklahoma State. I know they lost in the Big Twelve title, but I thought they were slightly better last year according to the metrics, especially when you consider. Baylor got kind of a nice uh, boost in the bowl game against Ole Miss, but that was when Ole Miss did not have Matt Corral. He got injured in that game, so that was kind of a totally different Ole Miss team. So, yeah, I if you told me one of these teams goes six and six, I mean, I wouldn't pick either of them to do that, but I would predict Baylor. Maybe that that skill talent just depletion uh, hurts them more than we expect. Oklahoma State lost some skill talent. Leading, leading Tay Martin. Did. I, they, they did. I think they've got a better receiving core though. Um, yeah, I think I'll give you the receiving core. Yeah. They're both good. All right. Next question. Sorry, it's me. Uh, who is the most intriguing dark horse uh, in the Big 12? All right. I'm going Kansas State. This is a team, they went eight and five last year, but actually finished 21st in SP. Their quarterback play was a bit inconsistent. They weren't always healthy. Now they get an upgrade, in my opinion, with Adrian Martinez. You know, I know he's very polarizing, but his stats are very impressive. Maybe a, a new fresh start uh, might help him, you know, finish some games. And he also won't be asked to be the entire offense, as he's one of the he has one of the best multi-purpose players next to him, Deuce Vaughn, Philip Brooks, and Malik Knowles. Knowles are a pair of solid receivers. And then you look on the defensive side; Kleiman's defense improved as the year went on, only gave up 21 points a game. Daniel Green was the leading tackler; he's back. He had 16 tackles for loss. Felix Anudike, he had 11 sacks as a sophomore last year. You know, So if the secondary shows a little bit of improvement, they could have one of the best defenses to go with one of the best offenses in the conference. Yeah, I, I could see that happening. I, I think that's a good dark horse pick. Mine is TCU. I think the offense has a chance to be really good. It was actually pretty good last year, um, and now you've got Sonny Dykes, who I think is one of the best offensive coaches in college football. So between Max Duggan and Chandler Morris, you've got two good options at quarterback. So that's you're kind of injury proof there in case one of them goes down. I think you've still got a, a good quarterback. The O-line has a good amount of experience. The running back room is loaded. Even losing Zach Evans, I, I don't think is. I mean, he's great, but it's not like he had a ton of carries last year. And and they've got plenty of great options there, including bringing in a Louisiana running back, Imani Bailey. So they're loaded there. And all the top receivers are back, including Quentin Johnston, who has a chance to be a first-round pick in the NFL draft. So offense, the, the ceiling is very high there. The defense, they were horrible last year, which I, I kind of see as a good thing. They were so, so bad that it's almost impossible not to get better. Um, they had a lot of injuries as well. But they're 12th in the nation in returning production on that side of the ball. They added a lot of solid transfers. And I like the defensive coordinator hire, Joe Gillespie, from Tulsa he did a really good job there so it's not going to be a good defense or maybe even well if it can be decent then yeah why not TCU but the other actually I I want to bring up one more thing I forgot the schedule is another reason I think they're a dark horse because five home games four road games in big 12 play that's always nice and one of their road games is at Kansas which is is ideal so I wouldn't be be shocked if they they made a run I think their toughest non-conference is also at Colorado, right? I forget who the other two teams are. They have at SMU. Oh, SM. Oh, that's right. You mentioned that. Okay. Well, that's the tougher one. 
Or Tarleton. Um, I don't know. It depends. Yeah, Tarleton <laughs> State. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking I'm of Gillespie's. Is Billy Gillespie's the basketball oh, coach? Bi- oh, he coaches there? Oh, okay. Wow. I, yeah, I believe he's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, far. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Uh, okay. I haven't heard I'm his, gonna... his name in a long time. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to keep mine short because Michael already touched on him in this episode, but Iowa State. Um the the narrative the, the narrative is they're, they're that they were supposed to fall back, but they're just not. They they got good talent. They returning. They got a great coach. Matt Campbell really does a good job of quarterbacks on the offense. I think Hunter Decker's highly rated recruit. He's got a little more legs than Charlie. Uh, I was going to say Charlie Brewer. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even not even close. Um, Brock Purdy. Where was it? No, oh, yeah, yeah, Brock Purdy. No, I was looking for to move on to my next point, but and then the defense, John Haycock. He always does a great job. I, I don't know. I feel like they have a system in place, and I feel like they kind of have a culture already now that it's just like, they're not going to just fall off. I mean, yeah, they were bad before Campbell and everybody got there, but Campbell's proven that like, he can make you know marginal talent much better and put out a good product in the field. So I, I'm buying them. I think they're going to be pretty solid. I agree. I think this is sort of a case like, it's different, but kind of like BYU last year. Ending the 2020 season, you're like, oh my God, BYU is going to be towards yeah. the bottom of the country in returning production. They lose Zach Wilson. They lose so much. And at the end of that season, I was like, well, they're going to be bad next year. And then as you kind of approach the season, you took a look at what they do, what they had coming back. And it was like, actually, they could be pretty good. And yeah. that ended up being right. I don't think, I think that highly of Iowa State in this case, I, I think... I don't yeah. look at their returning talent and, and quite as optimistic as I was with BYU, but still, I'm somewhat optimistic. Yep, I'm with you. Yep. All right, if you had to bet one game that currently has a line at a sports book, which would you bet? Okay, I would take Oklahoma minus one and a half against Texas in the Red River shootout. So Texas's offense should be very good, but the O-line is still a question mark, and while I expect Ewers to be good, we still don't know that for sure. Trey brought him up as the X yeah. factor. He's he's kind of he's basically a true freshman. You know, he had a cup of coffee at Ohio State, but didn't get much experience there. And yes, the defense will be better because it's year two under Kwiatkowski, and they bring back a good amount. But I don't think it'll be good. They only added two transfers. It's not like they completely revamped that group. The pass rush, the run defense, both still major question marks. And we just, in general, don't know about the culture of Texas, right? Like, that was kind of a problem last year. It just did not seem like a, a unified team. And maybe that got solved this offseason, but I don't know. I just I just trust OU more on both sides of the ball. Okay. All right. That's, uh, well, they usually do pretty well in that game, so I'm fine with that. Um, I'm going to take uh, BYU as hosting Baylor. I'm going to take that game. Uh, BYU is favored like a point and a half. Uh, I'm seeing mm-hmm. in that one. Um, and I, I'm I'm actually going against Baylor. I really like BYU. Um, I think they're going to be a borderline top 10 team. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not low on Baylor. I actually have them as my best team in the Big 12. But I just, I'm just that high on BYU. Um, it, it's a tough place to play. Uh, going at, at playing a night game on the road. It's tough. And then I, I was actually looking at uh, Athlon's preview magazine today when I noticed they predicted BYU to be 27th in the nation. And I just think they're crazy. Like 27th? They I, want don't, 10 I don't games think it's left. crazy. I don't well, think it's I think crazy. It's, I, I think it's crazy. I'm going to say it's crazy. All yeah. right. All right. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, they won 10 games last year and have are number one in the country in returning production. And they had a lot of injuries last year, especially on defense, that prevented them from even having a better year's better season. So I, I think they're going to be extremely good. So, yeah, sorry, Baylor. It's a tough, tough one for you to go on the road uh, against a good BYU team. All right, I'm going to go with Iowa State plus six when they host Oklahoma on October 22nd. You know, maybe Oklahoma isn't as good as we thought, and they're still kind of trying to gel as a team with all their new parts. And, I mean, I understand on the other side, there's obviously a chance Iowa State isn't all that great this year with all that they need to replace. But I'm buying Campbell's coach coaching and culture. They've played Oklahoma tough in recent years. And this is late enough in the season that they could be starting to find their identity. And in Ames, they could knock off OU. Okay, last question of the episode. Who will win the Big 12? Uh, I have Baylor winning the Big 12 South. Uh, and they will go. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, uh, I do have Baylor in the in the conference title game, and I actually have them playing Texas. Crazy, crazy, right? Texas. <laughs> I, I just think the offense is going to be really good. Defense would take a step forward, and I just don't think anybody else is going to be that good. I just not seeing a top team in the Big Twelve. You already kind of mentioned it earlier, Mike. That I I think it'd be a f- really surprising to see any of these teams make the playoff. You know, I think there's some good ones. Maybe some I mentioned that 15-ish. in the YouTube episode, Ryan, not oh, okay. earlier. Okay. Oh, geez. excuse me. Sorry. Well, in the YouTube wow. episode, you mentioned it. <laughs> and I think you're right. I just, that's kind of why I like, you know, when I had the best team in my big 12 Baylor going and losing at BYU, it's like, well, yeah, I just don't think there's really that an, an elite team there. So I got Baylor against Texas in, in the title game. Um, and then I'm going to take Baylor. I'm going to say it back to back for, for Baylor. Uh, I just think that they have the this the stability and their coaches and their coaching staff and their team. I like the defense, the front seven, front six really should be really good. Offensive line should be better, like shape and play pretty well on a QB. I think they have the fewest questions. All right. I'm going to go. I also have Baylor in the championship game just because, you know, I, I love their coaches, Jeff Grimes, Dave Aranda. I think Blake Shapen will improve the pass offense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got them losing to Oklahoma. Uh, You know, Brent Venables, he's got Norman excited, even with all the change, you know, at the coaching staff and the roster this year. There's still a lot of talent there, and and especially with the transfers they brought in. I trust Lebby, Dylan Gabriel, Marvin Mims. You know, there's there's a whole bevy of of talent there. Uh, It might not be a a playoff caliber team or or defense, but at least strong enough to win the Big 12. And I think that... uh, under Venables, that defense will improve as the season goes on. Okay, so we've got one pick for Baylor, one for OU. I do not have Baylor in my Big 12 championship game. I am going to get a little bit frisky here with an underdog pick, because why not? It's a wide-open conference. So I will say TCU makes it to the conference wow. title. Ooh, that would be that'd be nice. Yeah, you. I mean, we'll see about that defense, but... I, I just am, am pretty high on that offense, so uh, hopefully hopefully Gillespie can uh, do a good job with the defense there. So that, that is might my, be crazier than my 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 Baylor one a few years back. I don't. I think it's not as it might be similar, but I think Baylor was probably projected to be. I, I could be wrong, but I think they were. And maybe, maybe there was a little some worse. higher tier teams uh, to go up against. That's, you know, that's like, the other thing too. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Is that Oak, I'm sure Oklahoma that year was yeah. a massive yeah. favorite. So yeah. Yeah, I think this is less bold than than Baylor, but still bold. And why not? I think they will go down to Oklahoma. It's just it's hard for me to pick against OU. I I 
I think I I like them definitely more than Ryan does. I think the offense loses a lot, but Trey brought it up. I mean, Jeff Lebby, offensive coordinator, Dylan Gabriel, O-line should be fine. You've at least got Marvin Mims and Theo Weiss in the receiving core if, if Weiss is healthy. So I, I just think the offense should be plug and play there with, with Lebby. And the defense, I think, will be improved. They won't have hopefully the same amount of injuries issues they did on the back end that really hurt them last year and even though they lost some guys to the nfl they did really well in the portal i I really like what um venables was able to bring in and kind of replenish a roster that you know lincoln riley just he his team's got worse every every year so he they needed to (laughs) oh yeah they're a bunch of bums yeah they really needed it so they probably would have won over 12 this year yeah probably (laughs) well that'll do it for this week's episode of the college football bros be sure to leave us a five-star rating on spotify and apple podcasts if you haven't already and check out our youtube videos and other than that we'll talk to you next week you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com to keep up with the brothers on social media like them on facebook at college football bros Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.